Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Travel with Ginger MMT. This is our podcast and video podcast series, but if you've been following along with us on social media for any length of time, then you know that on our YouTube channel, we do all sorts of videos, including resort tours, travel tips, and also just topical discussions, which is what we're going to be doing right now. Um, we recently returned from a trip to Disney World as a family, and a question that I've been seeing online and in different groups that I'm a part of is, is it worth it to go to Disney World right now? And so that is the question that we're hopefully going to be answering for you today by sharing our experiences as a family in the parks. I think one thing that's really important for us to say right off the bat is, yes, Ginger is a free travel agent, but we're not going to let that color or skew uh, our, our analysis of our trip. Uh, you know, you might be thinking, well, of course she's going to say, yeah, it's worth it right <laughs> now. But we're going to be honest with you about mm-hmm. our experience that we just had at Disney World within the past two weeks. So the way that we kind of wanted to approach this today was to take a lot of the different kind of big topics and big questions that people have relating to what's different in the parks right now and whether or not those things can make a trip not worth taking, particularly for people who maybe are used to a certain type of Disney experience or even for people who this might be their first trip. And so we're going to be talking about masks. We're going to be talking about wait times for rides as well as for park transportation. We're also going to be talking about the experiences that are not happening right now, things like parades and fireworks and whether or not, you know, we missed those things enough that it was a damper on our trip. Um, And then lastly, we're going to be talking about character dining and whether or not, you know, we think character dining in the form that it's in right now um, is worth it. So let's start off with the big question that I think everybody has on this topic is the masks. Do the masks make it not worth going to the parks right now? So before I share my opinion, Evan, what do you think? What's your opinion? I didn't think they were that big of a deal at all. Um, We initially had disposable masks and I mean, they're very lightweight. Uh, They they didn't, I mean, it was just, it was totally fine. Mm -hmm. Now I do think it's important to note that at our full-time job, uh, we have to wear those all day long. So we're pretty used to it. Yeah. Uh, But our children, they wore them with no problem at all either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I don't think it was any a big deal at all. And, and that definitely, definitely should not be the reason if you choose not to go. Um, I mean, I understand that, you know, some people have asthma and things like that. But mm-hmm. if, if you're just concerned about it being hot with the mat, that, that, trust me, don't worry about that. It is definitely not the reason not to go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like Evan said, we live in an area that does have a mask mandate. And so we're used to wearing masks out anytime we go in public. We also do have to wear them at work. Um, But, you know, we have done the parks in the summer with masks because we actually went to Universal together in late June. So it was very hot um, and we wore masks without any problem in the summer. And then it was still pretty warm when we were there a couple of weeks ago at Disney World. And I agree. I didn't see that the masks were really that big of a problem after a while. It's one of those things that you really don't even notice it anymore. You just get used to it. Yeah, you get used to it. And especially with kids, like it, it might have bothered our kids 
for like maybe the first five minutes of the day. But even after that point, they, they were over, I mean, they were fine with it. Um, and our daughter, the first day we got there, our daughter's five. The first day that we got there, she did give us a little bit of a hard time about it. Like, I don't want to wear the mask. I don't want to wear that. And we essentially just said, okay, well, you know, we can't go into the parks if you don't have this mask on. And that changed her attitude about it really quickly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we had, we had talked it up. Uh, for a few weeks leading up to the trip, we had had our kids practice with it. They do have to wear a mask a little bit at school. And we had also, even though our town's mandate doesn't require kids under 12 to wear masks, we had just kind of not told our kids that. <laughs> and we would let them or require them to wear it at the grocery store and things like that. So uh, we eased them into it. We didn't hit them with it cold turkey. And I think that made a big difference, too. Uh, and, and one last thing about the mask, uh, if you go back and look at our Magic Kingdom vlog, mm -hmm. uh, we actually bought masks in the park, and they were very comfortable. They were. Uh, I ended up wearing mine the rest of the whole day. Ginger enjoyed hers, too. Mm -hmm. Our son enjoyed his. So they were they were really comfy. They're only six bucks. Uh, so I would recommend getting one of those if you know once you get down there, because uh, they're very, very comfortable, very breathable. Yeah. They were good. They are, but buy a size up from Agreed. what you would yes. typically think. Like both of us, we need an extra large mask. Um, our son, who's eight, needs a large. Our daughter's five. She could get along with a medium. Um, mm -hmm. But for adults in particular, you want a size up from what you think you might need. All right, so let's move on to the wait times because I think this is as big of a question um, for people as the masks. And when the parks first opened up in July, you know, you were seeing these pictures on social media of the parks essentially empty. You know, like it was, it looked like there was hardly anybody there because at the time, you know, there was. People didn't really know what to expect. People didn't feel necessarily comfortable traveling yet. Um, and as the weeks have gone on, people have heard other people people's experiences or maybe just gotten more comfortable with the idea of travel as a whole, you have started to see the attendance tick up. You have started to see days where one or multiple parks will hit their reduced capacity levels. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people that I have been following on social media or interacting with in groups have been asking the questions like, are the wait times not manageable right now, especially considering the fact that FastPass Plus is not in use. Um, and so, you know, we'll just, we can only share our experience that we just had. We can't promise what the parks will look like a week from now or a month from now in terms of wait times, but we can tell you what our experience was. And we did two park days on this trip. Our first park day was a Saturday. It was Saturday, September 19th. Um, and that was at Hollywood Studios. And that was a day that the park, that park did hit reduced capacity. And then our second day was Magic Kingdom, which was a Sunday, September 20th. Um, I'm not sure if the park was at capacity, you know, reduced capacity that day or not. But I know for a fact that Hollywood Studios was on the day that we were there. So the longest wait that we had at Hollywood Studios was for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is the newest ride in that park. Uh, we went there as soon as the park opened. It was a posted wait time of 90 minutes. We waited 64, um, which admittedly, you know, an hour 
is a long time to stand in line for one attraction. But we did notice that if we had waited until later in the day, instead of going there first thing in the morning, that line for that attraction was much, much less. So we probably could have waited less than an hour if we had just chosen a different time to ride it. And our son at the end of it actually did say, as soon as I was over, he looked at me, I was recording, I'll put the <laughs> video in now. Uh, he, he looked at me and said, um, I think the wait time was worth it. I think the wait was worth it. Good, I'm glad. Like, I mean, even he said that, you know. Yeah, I agree. And everything else in the park that day, we waited less than half an hour for even including Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, Slinky Dog Dash. Um, we rode Toy Story Mania. We rode Alien Swirling Saucers. What else did we ride that day? I think I think that might have been it because our kids aren't into things like Star Tower Tours. Star Tours. Um, our kids are not into Tower of Terror or Rock and Roller Coaster. Like <laughs> they're not going to do those. We rode Toy Story Mania twice. We did. Um, you mentioned Alien Swirling Saucers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Slinky Slinky Dog, for example, that was, uh, we went there the very last thing of the day. Mm -hmm. And from the time we got in line till when we got off the ride was almost exactly 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they, like the second time we rode Toy Story Mania, uh, there was zero wait. Mm -hmm. there, there was no one in front of us. We walked right up, got right on the ride. Mm -hmm. There was nobody in front of us. Yeah. And the first time it was a posted, I believe, 45 minute mm -hmm. wait. And it was only like. 15. Yeah. <laughs> something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> or tw I think it was 20. I think it was closer to 20, 25. But I mean, that was a, a common theme throughout the day. It was always less at Hollywood Studios, less than the posted wait time. And typically by yeah. about a third to a half um, of that posted wait time, it was, it was less. And, you know, that was a day on a weekend that the park had hit that reduced capacity. I think that having our longest wait without fast pass be an hour is pretty good. And like I said, we probably could have even waited less than that if we had just ridden it later in the day. And, you know, we'll overlay some video footage now of the crowds that day, but like in front of the Millennium Falcon, there was one particular shot I got in front of the Millennium Falcon. There was like nobody. <laughs> um, like I was shocked. Um, we, when we came out of Smuggler's Run about 2.45 or somewhere around in there, I took a video right then and I was just, I was shocked at how few people were standing in front. Typically it's really packed right there because mm -hmm. everybody wants their photos in front of the right. Falcon and that kind of stuff. There was just nobody. It was, it was really kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. and, and, but nice. I mean, like, absolutely. I'm not kind of. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now moving over to Magic Kingdom, we got to Magic Kingdom about at the park opened at nine. We walked through the front gates at about 823. We were staying on site. And so we were able to get over there, even though extra magic hours aren't going on. They were letting us in a little bit before the park opened. Mm -hmm. And we went straight to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is the most popular ride in Magic Kingdom. We walked on it twice before the park even opened. We waited for three minutes the first time and we waited for nine minutes the second time. Pretty sweet. Like combined wait total for two rides was 12 minutes. That is unheard of for that ride. We have done um, after hours events. 
we have done Halloween parties. We've done Christmas parties. We have never had that short of a wait for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, even at those hard ticketed events that you pay a lot of money for. And right awesome. now you can enjoy that, or at least we enjoyed that with just our regular park admission for the day. It was very nice. Um, we rode, let's see, we rode the Little Mermaid ride, Journey of the Little Mermaid. Um, we rode Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, we rode Small World, um, Peter Pan, Prince Charming, Regal Carousel. We Win rode Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh uh, Barnstormer twice, actually. And the second time, my, uh, my son and I were sitting on the front row. Mm -hmm. We got back to the station and the attendant, there was nobody waiting in line. Mm -hmm. And so the attendant was like, y'all can just stay in there if you want to. Yeah. And we didn't have to get out of the seat. We just yeah. rode it again. Yeah. Um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if I said Magic Carpets of Aladdin, but we rode that one too. I don't know if we did or not. Um, but I mean, uh, we rode. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. We rode almost every ride in, in the park. We Buzz, didn't. Buzz Lightyear, Space Buzz, Ranger Spin. Yeah. We didn't ride Splash Mountain just because our kids didn't want to get wet. Um, we didn't ride Space Mountain because our children are terrified of it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> ride the Astro Orbiter because it's kind of just like Magic Carpets it was and Rainbow. At the time and it too. was raining yeah. at the time too. Um, and we didn't ride the People Mover because it's not operational right now. Yeah. Um, but we rode everything else in the park, which yeah, is. Uh, we didn't ride um, teacups yeah. because uh, we were on our and on our way to Buzz Lightyear and mm -hmm. they wanted to ride that instead. So mm -hmm. we just went and rode that. Yep, yeah, and our daughter's a little iffy about the spinning oh, of the yeah, she is not a fan. She does of, not yeah. like that at all. Um, so we skipped that one too. But I mean, we rode the vast majority, and we did not wait longer than thirty minutes. Oh, Haunted Mansion! I Haunted Mansion. That, that was the longest wait. Yeah, that was minutes. the longest wait at twenty nine minutes. Yep. And the second longest, believe it or not, was Small World. Twenty eight minutes. <laughs> twenty eight yep. minutes. Um, but everything else. And just like with Hollywood Studios, the posted wait times were far longer than what we actually waited. Like Jungle Cruise was a posted 50-minute wait. We got through in 15 minutes. Uh -huh. So that was just, I don't know if they're having a hard time you know, gauging um, the the wait times or if they're adding in some extra time for cleaning or distancing or what the case is. But um, consistently, it was less than what it was posted on the app. Well, and, and she, Ginger made a good point there about cleaning. So, for example, Haunted Mansion, it was originally a 35-minute posted wait. As we were getting in line, they they'd warned us and said, hey, we're about to do our routine cleaning. So, you add about 10 minutes to the post mm -hmm. wait time. So all total, it was supposed to be 45. We only waited 29 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was with the cleaning. And we could tell when the line stopped moving yeah, when they started. It, it was like maybe five, six minutes tops. Yeah. Um, but that we saw four, I believe four different rides that day. We, we were in line when they cleaned them down. Mm -hmm. And it was fast, efficient. So, I mean, they're doing a really good job. So we saw cast members all day long sanitizing things. Um, even like we, we were in the the gift shop right outside of Mickey's Philhar Magic. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a cast member in there, you know, like the, the, the rotating shelves that the pins and things are on. Well, there's a cast member spraying down the edge of that where people would hold it to mm -hmm. move it, wiping that down. So yeah. uh, they're, they're doing a really good job of keeping it sanitary and clean. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously temperature, temperature checks for every single person that walks mm -hmm. in there. 
uh, on that Sunday, we actually had our temperature taken three times. We did. <laughs> Once when we walked into Magic Kingdom. After that, we went to dinner at Grand Floridian Cafe. They did it there, too. Mm-hmm. And after that, we went over to Disney Springs. They did it there, too. Mm-hmm. So we had our temperature taken three times that day. Yeah, and all three times, it was really quick and efficient. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, it's I a agree. very That's a very simple process. Like um, I think a lot of people were worried that that would slow you down getting into the park, and it simply was not a problem at all. You just buzz right through they use the little infrared one that they just kind of shine on your forehead and mm-hmm. it takes it instantly. And then you walk on through as long as your temperature is where it needs to be. Yep. Um, so we've talked about ride wait times. Let's talk about transportation for on-site guests. Um, we obviously can't speak to what it's like trying to get over and park if you're staying off-site because we stayed on property. Um, but we stayed at Disney's Pop Century, which currently, as of the making of this podcast, is the only value resort that's open at the time. So as you can imagine, there were quite a few people staying there. Um, it is, you know, still reduced capacity, but it it was more crowded than, you know, I think we expected it to be particularly, you know, when you were looking at the pool areas and stuff in the evenings, you could tell there were quite a few people staying there. And so, you know, if there was going to be an issue with transportation, I think we would have noticed it because I think there were enough people there that that would have been apparent. So we took the Skyliner to Hollywood studios. Um, We got on the Skyliner at nine, 23, I think. It's in the vlog. 926. Yeah. yeah, we made vlogs of our days, which we'll link um, in the uh, in the video description in the upper right-hand corner on YouTube. But we, you know, I think we got on about 920, something like that. And we were at the park by 945. Park opened at 10. We did not wait to yeah. get on the Skyliner. Yeah. Like, we just walked right on it. Yeah, at Pop, there was zero mm-hmm. weight. We got right on it. Now, when we got to the transfer station at Caribbean yeah. Beach, there was a little bit of a weight there, but it still wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but now, the next day, mm-hmm. uh, that was on Saturday. Sunday morning, mm-hmm. the line at Pop Century was much longer. It was. Uh, it, it was. It was much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we were leaving to go to breakfast that morning yeah. at about 9.45. I think that the line was probably a combination of people getting over to Hollywood Studios and people trying to get yes. early over to Epcot because the Skyliner goes to both. Totally um, So, you know, I mean, obviously it can fluctuate a little bit from, from day to day. Um, we didn't have a wait at all on that Saturday other than just a little bit of a wait at that transfer station at Caribbean Beach. But, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the time that you're showing up for the Skyliner. Um, I think you're having better luck with the wait times if you're not showing up super early. Um, that's just, you know, a, a trend that I've noticed in talking to other people who have been traveling to the parks about their experiences with um, on-site transportation. And I have seen a common theme that if you get there, you know, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes before the park opens, you're probably waiting for quite a bit longer than if you leave a little closer to the actual park opening time. Um, so typically, you know, that's that's the total opposite of the advice that we give people. We usually say as agents, get to the transportation as early as you possibly can. But I think right now with the Skyliner, they're not allowing early boarding unless you have a dining reservation. So if you show up super early, you're just going to be standing there like waiting 
um, for the time when they, they would start letting you on. So wait a little bit longer. Um, in fact, that can be a pretty decent tip for Hollywood studios in general. If you're not concerned about trying to get that 10 a.m. boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance, maybe wait a little bit and get to the park slightly after opening. Um, and you might encounter, you know, less crowds with for transportation and also getting through the front door. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for us, we we left about half an hour before the park opened and we didn't have any problem. So on our Magic Kingdom day from Pop Century, our only option was to take a bus. And when we first walked out from, you know, the main building to the bus stop, we looked at the line and we kind of went, oh my goodness, like we're going to be waiting forever for a bus. Because with the social distancing, that line looked a whole lot longer than it actually was. Um, But I have to hand it to Disney. They had those buses lined up one right after the other. Mm -hmm. Um, We, even though the line looked like it went all the way back almost to the entrance to Classic Hall from the bus stop, which is quite a ways and it was, you know, snaking around and everything. We waited 20 minutes for a bus, which that's standard, even during normal operations to wait about 15, 20 minutes for a bus because they would load one up. The next one would be right behind it. And, and literally waiting, literally for waiting for that one to pull yeah. off so it could pull into yeah. the thing. And it was that way when they picked us up from Pop Century to take us to Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we also, um, you know, went over to Disney Springs and it was the same way picking us up at Disney Springs to take us back. So they were just doing a really, really good job of having multiple buses available. Yeah. We, we were at Disney Springs when it was closing. So everybody was leaving mm-hmm. then. So everybody that is staying at a value resort mm-hmm. was going to the Pop Century, yeah. the bus stop. And I mean, it, it looked like a long, long line because yeah. there was a lot of people. There were six buses, mm-hmm. like bam, 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 right behind, it. Mm-hmm. and we we waited hardly any time, like mm-hmm. w- like maybe what ten minutes tops, yeah, if that. I mean, like, that. like it, they there were so many buses, just mm-hmm. one right after the other, that they were they were doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. And they are um, obviously social distancing on the buses, so I believe they're only allowing six parties on at a time, maybe less than that, depending on how large your party is. Um, we also rode the monorail over from the Magic Kingdom to the Grand Floridian because we had a, di- a dinner reservation at Grand Floridian Cafe, uh, which, by the way, one of my favorite restaurants on Disney property. I think that one is a major hidden gem because um, a lot of people don't think about it. It's not a character meal or anything like that, but the food, I've never had a it bad meal good. there. It's so good. <laughs> um, and it's just a pretty restaurant too. There's a lot of natural light. It's just, a, it's a great place to go for dinner um, or breakfast on your, uh, on your Magic Kingdom day. But so we, we took the, the monorail over and even the monorail was moving pretty quickly. Like we did not wait for very long at park closing um, for the monorail. They're just doing a really, really good job of keeping it, in our experience, keeping it very, um, very efficient. So let's talk about some missing experiences, because I think that's another big concern that people have. And I've heard people, you know, wonder, is it going to be magical? Is it going to be the Disney that I'm used to? So some of the experiences that are missing from the parks right now are fireworks shows. That's not happening in any of the parks. Uh, Parades are also not happening character. And, and that's just so people don't like gather. Right, right, know, right. Anything groups. that would draw 
draw a crowd. Uh, character meet and greets are not happening. So things like Princess Fairytale Hall um, is closed right now, for instance, in the Magic Kingdom. And there aren't going to be characters stationed in the parks that you could walk up to and take a picture with or have them sign an autograph book for you. And also uh, character dining. Not all character dining locations are open right now. And the ones that are, it's a modified experience. But we'll talk more in depth about that in just a second. And, and there are some places like in Epcot where mm -hmm. the character is at a distance from right. you and you can take a picture with mm -hmm. them like distant behind, socially distanced behind you. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. So characters are still very much present and visible, but it's not that same up close interaction that was obviously in place prior to the pandemic. But you know what Disney has done to kind of replace some of those experiences, they have replaced the parades with character cavalcades. And in fact, they've even put cavalcades in parks that don't traditionally have a parade. So typically Epcot does not have a parade, but Epcot has character cavalcades. And those are just spontaneous um, characters will come out, you know, either they might be riding a horse, they might be in a carriage, like Anna and Elsa at Epcot are in an open carriage. Um, they might be just walking down the street. They might be in really cute little decorated cars. They might be on parade floats, yeah. Um, yeah. but they're not long parades and they're not announced in advance. So you just kind of, you'll hear the music get really loud in the park and you'll know that means a cavalcade is coming. Um, Animal Kingdom, they're in boats. Yeah, they're in yeah. boats in Animal Kingdom. And I have to say, um, I thought that we would really miss the Festival of Fantasy Parade in the Magic Kingdom. Because we love that parade. We love that parade. And, you know, it's something that we saw and our kids loved the first time we ever took them to Disney World. And so it has um, sentimental, nostalgic value for us as a family. But honestly, I loved the character cavalcades. I thought those were so cute. Um, I loved the fact that we could be just walking to get on a ride and pass one on the way there. It was such a cute addition to the parks. And honestly, it's, it's one of many things that we experienced on this trip that I kind of hope they keep like I think those cavalcades are really really cute. It was spontaneous. Mm -hmm. It was a nice little surprise. It was, you know, and it almost made Disney World feel a little bit more like Disneyland. Like at Disneyland, the characters are just out in the parks. Um, you'll look over, and you know there might be Alice or something like that, or somebody else that you can just go up and and see. Um, and it had that that feeling to it of Disney World. Typically, character meets at Disney World are very scheduled. Um, um, you know, you have to plan in advance for it. And with this, it was just like a nice little surprise. And, you know, you might be wondering, well, what if we miss it? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we were in Hollywood Studios <laughs> and the Disney Junior Parade, or excuse me, Cavalcade. Yeah. The Disney Junior Cavalcade, we, we passed it three, three times, times during yeah. the day. And so we didn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're anywhere near the route, mm -hmm. you'll hear the music you start. Will. And so you'll know, oh, there's a cavalcade, and you can turn around mm -hmm. and see it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, in Magic Kingdom right now, because typically the Halloween parties would be going on this time of year, that was obviously canceled for 2020, but they have broken the Boo to You parade from the Halloween party up into little segments, and they're doing those as the cavalcade. So there's a Nightmare Before Christmas cavalcade, there's a Disney villain 
cavalcade. There is a um, just a boo to you that has the classic clubhouse characters in their Halloween costumes. There's also a princess cavalcade. So it's really, really cute. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue that seasonal thing, even through the holiday season. Uh, they might, you know, break up parts of the Christmas parade too. I can definitely see them well, doing that, that. Well, the, the, the princess cavalcade, they mm -hmm. actually use the float that they, they use in the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas mm -hmm. Party parade. Uh, they use that float for the princesses. Yeah, it's it's beautiful too. It looks like a like a glass castle. It's gorgeous. Um, the fireworks is another thing we love. Happily ever after, which is the fireworks presentation in the Magic Kingdom. We actually listened to the soundtrack to that <laughs> in the car on the way to Disney. Um, so we obviously love that presentation, and I would of course love to see fireworks. You know, I think anyone would always like to see fireworks, but I don't feel like it ruined my trip that we didn't get no. to see the fireworks. I didn't even think about it till like after either. we were gone. I was like, oh, we didn't see fireworks. Yeah. You know, like it, yeah. it was such a busy and fun mm -hmm. day because we were getting to ride yeah. so many things. Right. Uh, that I, personally, when we left, I, honestly, honestly, I felt like it was the best day we've ever had in Magic Kingdom. I agree. Just due to how much we got to do. Yeah. Like we, we got to do more rides that day. Mm -hmm. And the park was only open from nine to six. Mm -hmm. And we got to do more rides in that amount of time than we've ever gotten to do ever. And so I thought it was an awesome day. I did too. And the reason why, honestly, we got to do as many rides as we did, we weren't having to stake out a spot for the parade 45 yep. minutes to an hour in advance. That's right. We weren't having to stake out a place for the fireworks 45 minutes to an hour in advance. And we weren't having to stand in a lot of different lines or use a fast pass or something like that to go and meet characters. Mm -hmm. um, and that even yeah. includes, we had a table service meal at Tony's we Town did. Square. So, we did. Yeah. Uh, we, we got to do all of that stuff we did, plus mm -hmm. have a table service meal. Right. And so, you know, I honestly, I did not miss those experiences. I thought I would. Going into it, I thought I would. But we were so busy and having so much fun doing other things that we honestly didn't miss that. Um, we also got to do some things that we typically don't. Like we got to take our time just enjoying Main Street. We got to walk through those shops. We got to sit down at a little table on this little side road um, and just like look around and enjoy. Like there's um there's a little cool theming element on Main Street where there is a, a window that advertises voice lessons. And when you're underneath that window and it's kind of quiet you can hear the voice student doing scales and like my kids and I got to sit at a table and hear that you know and you just got we got to take in so much more of the park than we typically do because honestly most of the time we're running from this fast pass to that fast pass to this character me and it was so nice and it was a, a, a nice break from that to just be able to enjoy the parks, um, take it by ear a little bit and, and spend some time taking in those theming elements and other things that you miss on a typical Disney day. Now, in terms of, you know, if it's your first trip, might you miss those experiences? Honestly, maybe. maybe. But you won't really know what you're missing right. either, yeah. you know? So, you know, you can kind of see 
that is a glass half empty and a glass half full type of situation. You know, you're, you're not getting what a lot of people consider to be that traditional Disney experience, but you're still getting a magical Disney experience. It's just different. You know, it's not going to get to ride more things. Yeah. It's not necessarily better or worse. It's just, it's just different. Um, but I think it could be, it might spoil you, honestly, as a first trip because, <laughs> you know, you're never going to have lines like that again, probably at, um, at full capacity. So we, we didn't miss those experiences. We actually found that the other things we were enjoying more than compensated for that. So the last thing that we're going to talk about is character dining. And character dining is one of our favorite elements of Disney World. Um, and it's one of our favorite things for our kids to do. They enjoy character meals. And honestly, I probably enjoy them more than the kids do, um, if we're honest. So we wanted to see, you know, we were curious what character dining was going to be like during the pandemic. And so we booked a reservation for a restaurant we've never been to before. It was Topolino's Terrace. It's in the um, brand new Riviera Resort, which just opened in December of 2019. This is a Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy character meal, uh, only at breakfast time. And the food at Topolino's was fantastic. It was some of the best food we've had at Disney. Um, my kids, you know, got their classic Mickey waffles, but um, it came with like eggs and bacon. And the kids even remarked on how good the scrambled eggs were, which mm -hmm. that's really rare for our kids to like talk about eggs being good. Um, but it was very good food. I had... It was really um, good. I had a quiche that was excellent, and you had what did you have? They 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 were waffles, but they mm -hmm. were sour cream waffles, which I didn't taste sour cream. I guess that was just a thing to make them float. I don't know, but there was this. I'm not so much. I know what food tastes like. I don't know what's <laughs> in the food. Okay, um, and I know it tasted good. Yeah. Uh, there was what was the stuff on top of it? Um, it had chantilly cream. That that stuff and some um, fruit compote too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that stuff was good. Mm -hmm. um, the I got eggs as well and bacon and it was the food was delicious. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the best thing I had, they brought out these pastries beforehand yes. and there were chocolate chip muffins, um croissants. Yes. And regular butter what was the croissants. Thing I ate? You had it was a croissant, but it was filled with like maple. Um, yeah, that was the best thing I had so there. Good. It, that was the mm -hmm. best thing that I had there. It was really, really good. Yeah, their pastries are excellent. Um, the coffee was really good. And and Topolino's has a beautiful atmosphere. Oh, um, yeah, you were 100%. up on the top floor of the Riviera Resort. You have views as you're eating. You have views of three parks plus All one of parks. the water parks. Yep. But if you walk back near where the bathrooms are, you can see Magic Kingdom too. So you can see all four parks. And Spaceship Earth off that direction. Yes. It is is so pretty. Tons of natural light. Beautiful view. But the characters, the way that this worked was they they didn't come up to the table Obviously, you couldn't walk up to them. Um, right. They would kind of stop at each table from at least six feet, if not more, away from you and kind of pose for you to take a picture of them. And then they would stand kind of in the corners of the room and dance around and interact with people from afar. Um, and then there was like a little song that they did in the middle of the meal where uh, they marched around the room and, and everything mm -hmm. again. Um, so each one would come out yes. one at a time mm -hmm. and then they did the song 
where all, all four, four of them, them came out all at the same time. Yes. And they were really dressed really cute, too. They're dressed like art students. Um, so, like, Minnie is a poet. She had this really cute dress with, like, newspaper print all over it. Uh, Mickey was a painter, so he's got his painter's smock on. Donald was a sculptor, so he's got, like, his sculpting tools and everything. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool um, and Daisy was a ballerina. She was probably the best character. She interacted the most and sure goofed around and, and danced into this, like, little, you know, classical piece and everything. So, the characters outfits were adorable the food and atmosphere were great honestly i don't think personally i would pay for character dining again right now um just having experienced experienced what it's typically like that is the one element that i don't know that i would recommend right now honestly and it's just because i i'm used to having a lot of time with those characters, great pictures with my kids next to those characters, yeah. autographs. Like that's why you pay what you pay for character meal. Cause character meals are not cheap. Um, I think we paid 60 something per 27 per, per child, per child, 42, 42. That's right. Okay. I was aiming way high. <laughs> it was 42, 42 per, adult per adult and 27 per kid. I mean, obviously that's, that's a lot for breakfast. Um, and you pay what you pay for a character meal to have those up close character yeah. interactions without having to stand in line or use a fast pass. Like that's the value of a character meal. And I don't feel like we got that full value out of this experience. Right. Would you I can tell they're trying. Yes. But it's just not right. And that and, interaction is not the same. Yeah, and it's not it's you can't really fault anybody for that. It's just a product of the way it has to be right now to keep you know, to keep everybody safe. So would I do Topolinos again if it were under normal character meal situation? Yes. 100%. I would totally recommend that restaurant. Um, but just right now. And honestly, a big part of that, I would go back when it's normal mm-hmm. for the view. The view. Like yeah. the view was amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. It's on the Skyliner line. So it's really convenient um, if you're staying at one of the Skyliner resorts like Pop Century or Art of Animation um, or Caribbean Beach. But, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't recommend it now simply because the character interactions aren't everything that I would want it to be to make it feel like it was a good value, essentially. But the food, the atmosphere was top notch. Can't really fault that at all. And if you've never been to Disney World and you want, just want to experience it mm-hmm. and you don't have any prior yeah, you know, expectations, uh, you know, the, the level of interaction you get, you might be really pleased with. I you might, know. you might. It's just having done it the other way and knowing mm-hmm. how much, like, we have a video of, of Polynesian where Mickey mm-hmm. just walks up and hugs Jim like yeah. that, you know. Um, that obviously ain't happening no. right now. So. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you know, and obviously we hope it gets to that point um, at some point again. Um, but until it does, you know, I, I don't think I personally would do character dining again. But like Evan said, if you have no preconceived ideas about it or you've never experienced it the old way, you might think it's great. Um, so I guess that just depends on your individual situation. So bottom line, you can go first and then I'll give my answer. Okay. The, to- the question of this podcast, mm-hmm. is Disney World worth it right now? What's your answer? I think it is. I would 100% say yes mm-hmm. as well. Um, if I could go back today, I would. Yeah. Um, because we've never had 
such a action-packed and such a Mm -hmm. enjoyable experience as far as getting to ride so many things. Mm -hmm. Um, we, and we still got to see characters. We got to ride stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw, you know, the the cavalcades, we got to see the characters. Would I go back right now? Is it worth it right now? 100% yes. Uh, You will get so much enjoyment and do so many things if you were to go there right now. And if you're hoping to get maybe a little bit of personalized advice or feedback for your individual situation as to whether or not a trip to Disney right now would be right for you, um, that's what travel agents do. We advise on things like that. And then if you do decide to book that trip, we also assist you with navigating all of the changes that have been made to the Disney experience during this pandemic. And so all that help is free to yeah, them. Right? Yeah, it is. My travel planning services are completely free if you book your trip through me. So if you just have questions or if you're interested in a free, no obligation quote, you can visit gingermmt.com. And if you'd like to see video footage of our experiences in the park, we have vlogs from both our Hollywood Studios Day and our Magic Kingdom Day where we go ride by ride and we tell you the posted wait time and then how much we actually waited. We show you crowd levels at different points during the day. Uh, We talk about our experiences with transportation and everything. So if you want to get to see it for yourself, definitely check out those vlogs. If you're not watching us through YouTube right now, you can find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gingermmt. There's also a lot of other great content over there, including uh, travel tips, resort tours, and all kinds of fun stuff. So we would obviously love it if you would subscribe to the channel as well. But thank you so much for watching and for listening to this podcast. um, And we hope to see you again real soon.